If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe. We're heading up until 2 o'clock. we got Sports or Leisure coming up at 1 o'clock right now. Let's talk some Royals baseball. Joining us from Royals Review, Max Reaper. Joining us here in the zone. Max, what's up, man? How are you, sir? I'm doing great. We got we got baseball weather out here, so uh, I'm ready to see this footage of guys playing big catch in Arizona and stretching and, and, and doing light jogging and uh, ready for the baseball season. There is a spring training baseball game today. There is baseball today in the world. Tomorrow there'll be Royals baseball in the world. So we are inching closer and closer. Um, how do you feel? What's your what's your feeling like? What's your um, optimism level, pessimism level, whatever it might be, as uh, we head into this season that has some some real sort of uh, excitement and and maybe some expectations aligned with this team this year? Yeah, I think as a fan, it's, I mean, you have to feel kind of like cautiously optimistic, right? I mean, they were still look, they're a bad team, 106 loss team that added some pieces, and it's not you know it's not Cody Bellinger, it's not Blake Snell, although I'm still kind of you know. Crossing my fingers, I can land one of those guys. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot to improve a team that was that bad. But, look, they, they got significantly better. They added to a pitching staff that was, you know, much in disarray last year. And they gave them some stability. So I don't think they're going to necessarily get buried, you know, early on with a you know terrible April that just kind of kills, kills the vibe all summer. Uh, this is a team that I think can at least hang in, hang in it for at least a, a you know a few months and give fans some hope. And and there are some guys that um, you know definitely are some players to watch for. Guys like you know obviously Bobby Wood Jr. had his big breakout season, but I think we want to see how Vinny Pasquantino returns from his injury. We want to see if guys like MJ Melendez can can kind of have their breakout. Michael Garcia. Uh, I'm really curious to see what Daniel Lynch can do this year. So by adding in these free agents, I think there's a chance that. Um, you know, Royals fans have some hope, and also that it gives these other players maybe a little more breathing room to develop as players. Yeah, the, uh, the, the there's uh, there's certainly um, a view that I have of this team coming into this year that uh, I lacked the last few years. I think a lot of people lacked the last few years, and you know, my son is like, oh, "Can they can they make the the playoffs?" I'm like, well, the first time is you're like two years old. Yeah, it's uh, maybe they have that chance. Um, I want to talk about um, you know a former Royal before we get into some of the current guys and and your feeling on them. Uh, Eric Hosmer announced his retirement, and Royals Hall of Famer, um, one of the better players we've seen come through. How do you remember Eric Hosmer and his career with Kansas City? Yeah, I think Hosmer, you know, I'm a big stat guy, and if you look at his stats, I think, you know, you can debate him. He had some great seasons, certainly an all-star, deservedly so. Uh, But if you look past the stats, I mean, he's a guy that just kind of carried himself with the swagger and confidence of a star, and that really, you know, came through in big moments. I mean, if you look at his postseason stats overall, they're not super impressive, but how many big clutch moments do we remember from him? Uh, you know, the, he had a big triple in the wild card game off the wall that ended up becoming the game-tying run in the 12th inning against the A's. He had that bloop single in the Astros series that ended up winning game two. He had that single in game six of the series against the Blue Jays in 2015 that scores Lorenzo Cain for the game-winning run. And then, of course, we, you know, the, the, his mad, crazy dash home mm-hmm. against the Mets that really sealed the deal in Game 5 with that iconic picture of all the Mets fans horrified behind him <laughs> as he crossed his own plate. Uh, I mean, certainly, the, some of those are some of the most uh, memorable moments that I actually asked fans, you know, is that the most iconic moment in, in franchise history? And I think there's a case to be made that it is. 
uh, and he, you know, he was a he was really the, one of the, the straws that stirred the drink uh, for the Royals in those years. And so I think we'll remember him very fondly for that time. Uh, and certainly, I think he can look back at his career and uh, and be very proud of what he accomplished in Kansas City uh, because he he, uh, he gave us so many terrific moments. He's a player to me that you know we argue the the stats, the sabermetrics versus the scouts' view, right? The gut feeling, the the numbers, and and kind of aligning those. Can you marry those two sort of principles and views and ideologies in building a baseball team? And he's a guy that you know those postseason stats. He batted you know under two sixty uh, batting average in the postseason. But he has all those RBIs. I mean, just uh, as many RBI. I think the uh, one of the numbers was something like Lou Gehrig, where the uh, the most uh, the amount of RBIs that he has with the minimal amount of games that he's played. Um, you know, some rare uh, you know company that he's there mixed in with. He is to me a guy that when you say the straw that stirs the drink, he's sort of that face, the energy of that ball club. Um, he wasn't the best player on the team. Right, he wasn't um, the guy that uh, everybody feared, but I think without Hosmer on the team and somebody else in his place that had some of the same uh, sort of characteristics, the same sort of um, ability and and talent uh, defensively and at the plate, I don't know that the Royals win it. There was something about Eric Hosmer that brought out other guys, and and to me that's where. There's a little bit of the the scouts view, the Atlanta Braves way, right, versus you know the Moneyball way of that it factor for Eric Hosmer. He just had the it factor. He walked around and felt like he was the best player on the team, best player on the field, and then others kind of followed that sort of swagger and that charisma. Um, I remember him as sort of the face of that team. Was he the best player? No, I think that was Lorenzo Cain. Uh, but the 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 it factor, the guy that sort of made everybody else go. That's how I'll remember Eric Hosmer, besides his pretty face. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was a handsome guy, that's for sure. No, I, I agree, totally agree. Stats are great for on a 162-game season where you have large sample sizes and you can, you can make, you know, you can point out certain trends. Over a seven-game series, it's going to come down to things like intangibles and, you know, rising to the occasion and personality and leadership, like you mentioned. And, and for those things, I think Hosmer was the guy for the occasion. And you know it's interesting if I you know he's talking he's going to retire and and start a podcast and he had their first episode and I would check, uh, recommend fans check it out he's got some great stories about Salvi in the minors and some other guys you may have forgotten about in the Royals minor league but he talks a lot about you know preparation for athletes and kind of the mental preparation and psyching yourself up and kind of the you know what you need to do to rise to those occasions and certainly he's a you know, great authority to speak on that as, as a guy that gave us so many great moments in the postseason. Visiting with Max Reaper here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You mentioned a guy, and uh, as you were talking about some of the players and excitement of this year in, in Vinny Pasquantino, uh, and, and there certainly is a hope that you know he returns to the guy that he was in 2022 and, and, and maybe even beyond since he said you know he feels as healthy as he's ever been and, and um, you know what he was doing last year in 61 games with one arm apparently um, there at the plate. What's a reasonable expectation for Vinny Pasquantino? Should, uh, I, I worry fans might get out over their skis of, of um, what they feel Vinny could do. I mean, he was OPSing in the 800s, so I mean, that's pretty damn good anyway. But um, what do you think reasonably uh, should we expect from Vinny Pasquantino coming back from that surgery? Uh, yeah, I don't want to temper those expectations. Good. I mean, I, don't. You know, I know, you know, yeah, Royals fans, you know, I know we have a love-hate relationship with, like, analytic projections, but the Zips projection system, which I hold a lot of stock in, it isn't perfect, but just looking at his kind of overall numbers and his career trajectory, they have him as one of the top 25 hitters in the American League. 
uh, you know, a guy that that has his kind of metrics where he's getting on base. When he hits the ball, he hits the ball hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to do very well. Uh, he's not a guy that strikes out a lot. I think he's has a chance to really explode this year. You know, if that elbow is healthy and looking at the video footage of him and on Twitter, you know, he, he looks pretty. You know, he's hitting the ball with authority. He's, he's, that elbow looks pretty good to me. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. And you know, we're talking about Hosmer being that guy with swagger mm-hmm. and a leader and the you know the straw that stirs the drink. And for this team, it's Vinny Pasquantino, right? He's a guy that's, that just attracts guys that just seems to have the it factor where he knows what to say. He knows how to get guys up. He knows uh, how to get guys to work together. Uh, and so I think he's going to be really important for this team to kind of hold these younger guys together. You know, I know Bobby is, is, is the star, but he's kind of more of a lead-by-example mm-hmm. kind of guy, at least right now in his career. I think Vinny's going to be that guy that, that really leads them on the field. And if they do take a big jump this year, I think he's going to have a big big part to do with it, not just with his bat, but also with his leadership. I don't, I've never met him off the field. I don't know him from Adam, right? But he seems like a guy that, while Hosmer might have been the guy that, that rallies everybody and, and, and gets everybody on a, on a common task, on a, a common goal, um, and, and gets that swagger to the team that, that Hosmer uh, sort of felt like he brought, Vinny feels like his personality is he'll be keeping everybody loose. That if things are getting sort of tight, that he might be the guy that uh, sort of loosens everybody up uh, and lets them go out there and play more free baseball. Yeah, I, I hope he has a you know he can start a Kelsey like podcast somewhere. He's got a career in comedy down the road, but yeah, sure. he's a guy that he's a guy that has a great sense of humor, keeps guys loose, and I think when they do have those, you know, they're going to have some some tough stretches this summer. I mean, they're a young team that's still you know, like I said, is coming off 106 losses. So there'll be some moments in July where they go through like an eight-game losing streak, and it's going to be up to guys like him to kind of keep these guys loose. Hey, remind them, hey, you're good, you're good baseball players. Let's not get too, you know, down in the down in the dumps about this. Uh, and you need a guy like that, right? Because every team goes through those rough patches, and uh, you need someone to pull you out of that. Max Reaper is our guest. What gets you more excited for this year? The, the starting staff and the overhaul of what uh, this may be with, obviously, Cole Reagans, if he continues what he did last year and, and you know, uh, it looks like a dominant pitcher and Seth Lugo and, and Michael Waka just simply going out there and being professional pitchers each and every night. Um, if Brady Singer can bounce back. Does, what gets you more excited, the starting staff and sort of rebuilding there or what J.J. Picolin was and, his, and the front office have put together in the bullpen? Uh, yeah, I think the, just having a competent bullpen, it's, just, it's going to be so nice to have. Like, we haven't had that since the days of HDH, really. Uh, and it just, it's such a, it's like a warm blanket that just makes you feel better when you have any kind of lead going into the seventh inning. I mean, like the past couple of years, I felt, you know, I felt like no lead was safe, that things could blow up at any point. And this isn't going to be HDH. This isn't, you know, Wade Davis circa 2014 out there. But this is a, a solid bullpen that's going to be able to protect some leads. Uh, and, and that I think that just is going to give a lot more comfort to Royals fans. So, and, and the other thing is, I think by having those veteran relievers back there, that's going to allow some of these younger bullpen arms to, to develop. Like, I, there's a, a series of relievers I'm looking at: Carlos Hernandez, Stephen Cruz, John McMillan, Will Klein. I think in the past, all four of those guys would have made this team, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, Carlos Hernandez is our closer." Now, with you know, by having Will Smith, Chris Stratton, Nick Anderson, John Schreiber, they can kind of let those guys develop a little bit, make them earn it. We don't have to watch these guys struggle in April, all of April, throwing strikes. If if Carlos Hernandez makes the team and struggles initially, maybe he gets optioned out. Maybe we see Will Klein get brought up. You know, there's going to be a little bit of revolving, but that's that's kind of a good thing. You want that kind of depth. You want guys to have to earn it to to really you know slam the door open to, for their opportunities. 
So I think there's some upside there with the bullpen, not just with you know the, the veterans they brought in, but some of these you know guys that can throw 100 miles per hour uh, and making them earn a, a roster spot by throwing strikes. It's interesting when you bring up those guys, Cruz, Hernandez, McMillan, and um, and Will Klein. Is there room for two of those guys, or are there four guys battling for, for maybe one spot? And then, as you said, the others sort of fill in depth. If so, if, if Hernandez makes the squad out of camp and uh, he starts to struggle, then you go and get a McMillan or a Cruz or a Klein, whoever. Um, is there room for, for two of those guys, uh, assuming health, uh, if, if everybody stays healthy and everything, uh, as we project it right now, do you think? Yeah, I think there's like there's probably two or three spots in the bullpen uh, at the back of the bullpen that are kind of being jockeying for this spring, uh, and it also depends if they take Matt Sauer, the Rule Five draft pick right. from the Yankees, which uh, we'll have to see how he performs. And you know, I think by having those veterans in the bullpen, that makes it a little easier to keep a guy like Sauer because you know you, you can point. probably get away with having seven relievers and not having to rely on all eight because those seven relievers aren't aren't getting their brains beat in every night, and you're not having to you know trot out every single arm in your bullpen to avoid guys getting burnt out. So they, that, there may be more a higher chance of keeping sour, and we'll have to see how he does in the, in the spring. But, I, you know, I think in the, the past couple of years, about half of the Rule 5 draft pick pitchers have, have, have made the team initially. Mm-hmm. So I think the odds are pretty good for sour making the team. You know, as far as uh, those other guys, though, you know, it probably depends on if there's another lefty in the, in the bullpen. So Will Smith will be one of the, bull, the, the, the lefties in the bullpen, but he's probably going to be a ninth-inning guy. I don't know if they're going, to, they're going to want someone else uh, to throw us on the left side to pitch earlier than that. So you'd have Jake Brent and Josh Taylor uh, in that mix, both coming back from injury. So I don't know if they're going to be 100% by the start of the season. Uh, they'll probably want to take it a little bit slow with those guys, and they do have options remaining. So we may not see them initially. Uh, and then I'm also keeping an eye on Anthony Veneziano, who um, has, has, is kind of an older for a, a prospect, uh, certainly not a top prospect guy, but he's a guy that's performed in Omaha as a starter. I think transitioning to the bullpen could be a good career move for him, and uh, he could be kind of maybe a dark horse to make the team. And then there's a veteran named Sam Long, who they brought in as a minor league free agent, uh, pitched a little bit with the A's. Um, not, you know, he's a minor league uh, free agent, so he's got to kind of work his way onto the roster. But he's also an option from the left side as well. So. There's 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 some uh, jockeying there at the at the end of the bullpen, but uh, it's nice to have that competition and not have to give guys spots because you don't have any other options. Max Reaper is our guest from Royals Review. Uh, again, all of these questions are sort of uh, assuming health, but is the starting rotation set or is, is that uh, fifth spot up for grabs if uh, Jordan Lyle struggles and uh, can Daniel Lynch or um, you know Alec Marsh or somebody like that you know make the squad out of uh, out of spring training. Yeah, I feel like there are eight and a half million reasons why Jordan Lyles will be given the fifth roster spot. Roughly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that also makes a little bit of sense. I mean, like the other guys that would be options would be Daniel Lynch, who's coming back from an injury, mm-hmm. uh, you know, plagued season. Uh, Alec Marsh, who, you know, had, he certainly wasn't, you know, I, I, I liked what I saw from him at times, but, you know, he has a problem with the long ball a little bit, uh, had some trouble throwing strikes. Uh, so, you know, there's not, it's not like there's someone that really is just uh, demanding that fifth spot. And we'll see you in the spring. You know, maybe someone looks really great. But I don't think it's a terrible thing if Lyles starts the year in the rotation. They let him you know, have April, maybe May, to see if you know, he can improve upon last year's performance. And if he doesn't, well, Daniel Lynch is ready to step in. Uh, Chris Bubich is an option later in the year. Uh, so you know, Alec Marsh certainly an option as well. Uh, 
So I think Lyles is making this team as a fifth starter. Sorry, Royals fans. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the leash is, is a little shorter than I think, you know, a pass team would allow because just because they have that starting pitching depth. And like I said, they want it. They want guys to earn spots. Like JJ Piccolo has talked a lot about using options uh, as a way to extend the roster, so that uh, we can have this inventory of pitchers. And if one guy is not performing, well, we can just swap him out for someone else. So I, I don't think this is going to be a situation where they just stick with Lyles for 34 starts and 40 odd ball home runs uh, because they have other options. I think down the road. Visiting with Max Reaper from uh, Royals Review. Is there a player or two that you're looking at and watching in, in spring training and maybe keeping a closer eye on to see what they can do if they can shake up uh, the, the roster construction? Uh, shaking up the roster construction, I think I think the roster is fairly set. I yeah. think the one, I guess, question mark I would have is, like, if Michael Massey kind of struggles in spring, hmm. they did bring, him Adam, bring in Adam Frazier, and he is a veteran who has a lot of experience and is a pretty solid defender up until last year, at second base. So if Massey struggles and he does have that option here and maybe they say, look, Michael, we like your bat, you got some good power, let's work on you know, being a little more consistent, working the count, why don't you go to AAA, work on some things, we'll have Frazier begin the year at second base. That could be an option, I think, if, if Massey kind of stumbles a little bit. Uh, so that could, that could throw things up a little bit. Um, you know, the, I think there's a bench spot to be won there. I think Garrett Hampson will be on the bench. Adam Frazier, if he doesn't start at second, will be on the bench. Uh, Freddie Fermin will be the backup catcher. But then you're looking at another outfielder who can play center, which will probably be between Drew Waters and Dyron Blanco. Uh, and then that's another situation where I think they say to Waters, maybe, hey, work on your game in Omaha. You've got an option here. We can bring you up You know, at any point this year if someone gets hurt and you can step in and be the starter, but we want you to get regular A-Bs. Blanco is an older guy who, whose speed can be an asset in games. Uh, but we don't mind him sitting the bench six days a week and, and starting him, you know, free, infrequently. So there are some roster spots out there. Uh, but overall, I think this roster is fairly set. Um, so uh, that's kind of a nice thing for the Royals yeah. uh, after years of, like, open, open, tri- uh, open tryouts in spring training. <laughs> so it'll be nice to have a little more uh, uh, consistency and uh, certainty. Max Reaper is our guest from Royals Review. Um, and, and as you started talking about the outfield a little bit, it reminded me when, you know, John Sherman, J.J. Piccolo, when they were having their press conference and they were talking about what this evaluation season was and the main things they wanted to see. And, you know, they they specifically talked about wanting to see if Bobby Witt can play and stick at shortstop. And that has been a resounding yes. But then the other player that they they said by name that they wanted to see and it was a big part of the season was if Kyle Isbell can play center field, which put to rest any questions of whether or not their center fielder is Kyle Isbell because, he proved that he can play center field. If the bat comes around, then that certainly is better. Um, is it, what, what, what did you make of uh, when you heard at that point that you know Kyle Isbell was a big part of the evaluation year um, for, for this Royals organization moving forward? Yeah, I, I think Kyle Isbell gets gets very underappreciated by the fan base. I hear a lot of slander because of that. You know, is underwhelming. I understand that. But he is a tremendous defender, I think, both by the metrics and by the eye test. You watch him out there on a day-to-day basis, and he's getting the balls that a lot of guys aren't getting to, uh, which is huge for a team that plays in Kauffman Stadium. So uh, I think he is a you know, tremendous player out there. If you look at if you look at the, the metrics, you know, overall value, he was the best outfielder they had last year and projects to be their best outfielder this year, which maybe says a little bit something about their outfield too. But, uh, you know, it, I think we have these young players mm-hmm. – you know, we also have to realize that what they did last year is a data point, but it's not, it's not set in concrete that's going to be their numbers this year. Like, 
these players are young. They're developing. They have a chance to improve. They have a chance to, to sometimes improve quite dramatically. So a guy like Kyle Isbell, who you know certainly hasn't hit the big league level, but he's gotten about 100 plate appearances so far in his career. He's a guy that did hit in the minors. He, he, he showed an ability to get on base and hit for a little bit of power. Uh, so I do think there's some offensive potential there. And he doesn't have to hit be great or anything. I don't think he even has to be league average with the bat. If he's just close to league average and plays that tremendous defense, you're talking about a two to three wins above replacement player, which is hugely valuable for a young guy in center field. So I think it's, uh, you know, he's, he's certainly, I think, a, a key player to watch for this year if he can improve with the bat. I think a guy like Michael Garcia, who also is kind of a similar player in the infield in that he provides great defense uh, and the, the bat hasn't developed quite yet. Uh, but I certainly, he certainly had his moments last year. Uh, but if he's a guy that can kind of put the, the on-base numbers, he did in the minors, perhaps develop some, a little bit of power. doesn't have to be much power, but just enough to make him a threat. I think he's a tremendous asset at the top of the lineup that can provide great defense for you. So a couple of guys there that I think have a chance to significantly improve this year. And if they can, they're going to be highly valuable players for this lineup. Max Reapers, our guest, Royals Review. All right, last one for you. Um, projecting today, February 22nd, uh, what, five weeks before they open the season. Um, how many wins for this uh, Royals organization this year? So I, I'm still a little skeptical just because it's, it's such a big jump from 56 wins to, you know, a winning record. Uh, and, and it's, you know, they, hey, they play in the show-me state, so show-me, you know, a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they're, they're a 75-win team, I think, right now, which, look, if, you, if you're a 75-win team, and some things go right, maybe Kyle Isbell and Michael Garcia are better you thought, or MJ Molesta becomes a star, or, or, you know, the ball bounces right for you, or maybe the Twins were worse than you thought. That's, you know, with, a, with a, some luck, you're an 82, 83 win, win team that maybe adds a piece in the summer um, that maybe pushes you into a postseason contention. So it's not crazy to think about at this point. Uh, but if I had to put a number on it right now, I would say 75 wins, which – you know, like I said, it could be competitive hey, in the Central. I'll, I'll take it right now, uh, honestly, no, knowing what the, uh, the last <laughs> six, seven years have been like. Max Reaper, Royals Review. Max, you're the man. Really appreciate the time. Great stuff there. Go there and check out all the work from uh, Max talking about the uh, – oh, we didn't even talk about Quick Trip being a part of the Royals this year. You know, QT uh, there. You know, as long as they bring – can they bring some of the QT stuff to the K? All right, that's what they need to do. Bring the QTs. They're already bringing the patch. You need to bring some of the uh, the taquitos and uh, and egg rolls and and uh, things like that from from Quick Trip. Then we're good. We got it all. They need, to, they need to put one in the stadium. That's exactly. uh, the new stadium, I guess, at, at the very least. Absolutely, yes, uh, no doubt. Max, you're the man. Really appreciate the time, sir. Enjoy the baseball starting today, and then Royals tomorrow, and uh, we'll catch up down the line. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right, there's Max Reaper, Royals Review. Go check out his stuff online at uh, Royals Review. He's got his projection for the uh, opening roster on March 28th against the Minnesota Twins to start the season. That 26-man roster, he's got a projection before the spring training games even start coming up on uh, Friday, coming up tomorrow uh, for the uh, Royals. A little afternoon baseball to uh, get their spring training schedule started. We will take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll continue rolling. Sports or Leisure coming up at 1 o'clock. More Zone next. Thank you to Max Reaper, Royals Review. Royals getting underway tomorrow. Their first spring training game. You know, Eric Hosmer retiring yesterday, and we talked uh, about that 2015 team and kind of stumbled on to, you know, who's going to be the last player still playing in Major League Baseball from that 2015 team. 
But, you know, talking with Max there, just the difference of the analytics squad and the scouts squad, marrying the two, obviously, you need both. But, you know, looking at some of the postseason numbers, like the guy batted, you know, 257 in the postseason, but he has all those RBIs in, in the games. And he always seems to be intricately involved in some of the biggest moments of the postseason for the Royals uh, in that uh, World Series run. Uh, whether it be against the Blue Jays, the bloop single, whether it be the single down the right field line that Kane scores from first, um, whether it be just in general his play at first base or the mad dash by Hosmer uh, in Game 5 against the Mets. All of these different parts of, of that team. And we look back and it's like, okay, the the analytics may not support you know Hosmer, but uh, and maybe it does. I don't know. I haven't done a deep dive on it. But to me, it's like, there are parts of it where I think the analytics squad recognizes that there are some players sort of with it mm-hmm. that have a big impact on the team. And I think Hosmer makes up that sort of uh, player, that criteria of, man, he just had the it factor. Like his swagger sort of changed the way that team may have gone about looking at themselves. Is, you know, him around town, him you know, nationally, but him as a player and just his personality sort of got everybody rallied around as like, no, we are pretty badass. No, let's do he wasn't meek. He didn't shy away. Like he felt like he was the lifeline of that team. Lorenzo Kane, the best player, mm-hmm. right? You had other guys that played their roles, but the the player that sort of uh, brought it all together and just the swagger seemed to be Hosmer. And that's I remember Hosmer as sort of the face of that, besides just a pretty face. But the face of that team, because it felt like he was the one that was the leader of the pack, and he was the leader of uh, the geese that are flying, and then everybody else was in that V formation uh, behind him. You and we can all figure out how to how we want to do legacy talk because sometimes mm-hmm. I think using some of the advanced metrics is kind of fun because it helps put guys in different contexts. But also sometimes, even as uh, even as a, an analytics uh, friendly person myself. Sometimes it feels like it's just there to like try to make you remember cha- to change your memories for the worse. To be like, well, he wasn't actually that good. Look at the look at his efficiency numbers. Like, well, what I remember is, and, and for Eric Hosmer, and this is true for for Hosmer and Kane and Moose and Salvi and the uh, the bullpen. There are lots of guys this is true for, but Hosmer is very very high on the list of guys you absolutely cannot tell the story of the best era of the Kansas City Royals without. Yeah, he's in that spot, and he might be the first one you talk about in that era of the Royals. You might immediately yeah. go to Hosmer. I, I think ultimately, I think Salvi is going to be like the soul of this era mm-hmm. of Royals baseball because you're really talking about a, a longer period of time mm-hmm. and, and him being there sort of before, during, and after, if you will. And and Hosmer was before and during, and Moose was before and during, Kane before and during, the, the real height of it all. But that, to me, I think if if you don't remember the highlights over the box scores i feel like you're kind of you're kind of doing it wrong and i i love the, the the ways of understanding the sport better and when you're talking about you know do you extend this guy or do you do you pursue a contract extension whatever that's something in the moment when those those numbers are all really important and it's why i feel like a hater every time i talk about nick bolton because i'm like hey listen i i think i want you to remember nick bolton's super bowl touchdown Right now, I want you to remember like the deficiencies before they give them, you know, fifteen million dollars a year or whatever. When we're talking about guys at this point announcing their retirement and then making you remember the good times, man, remember the good times. If you saw, if you saw Haas out on the town at some point, you remember what that was like before we had Patrick Mahomes, before the Chiefs were worth hanging your hat on. 
That was a huge, huge thing for this city. It's a great point. How far we have come as a city that being mobbed by kids and women Mm -hmm. uh, around town was, oh, my God, Hosmer's there. Yeah. Dude, Hosmer's there. And now we got Patrick Mahomes that can't go out in public, Mm -hmm. that has to rent out places to have, you know, birthday, like rent out the whole place uh, to have, like, the family there. Uh, And you've got TMZ that's stationed in town because they're going to see the most famous boyfriend in <laughs> in the world, even though he's the best that ever played his position, yep. Patriots fans. Yep. And and you've got them wanting to see the girlfriend of the best tight end that ever lived in Taylor Swift, who's in town, and private plane landing and people following the private planes. Like, Hosmer was awesome, and that was fun, and they brought a World Series here, and it's like, Hosmer's out there. Oh, my goodness, right? Lorenzo Kane, oh, that's cool. Kane's there. And now it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and it's sort of the epicenter of the NFL and the pop culture vibes. They are, I mean, they are following Travis Kelsey's plane to Sydney, Australia. Yep. <laughs> Not Travis Kelsey with Taylor Swift. No. They were specific. The most tracked plane in the last two days in the entire world was Travis Kelsey's private plane to Sydney. Did you see the Australian TV station? It did. Let's play that one while we're while we're doing it. Good transition, by the way. Let's Thank play that right one. there. Um, the Australian uh, TV station. This is uh, their they got their helicopter flying over the top, and uh, the plane lands, and they are thinking, okay, this is the plane that has Travis Kelsey on it. So this is the conversation taking place with the um, uh, the individuals on this TV station uh, talking about uh, Travis Kelsey following Travis Kelsey's plane landing in Sydney. So you don't oh. have to. Oh, oh here we go. Movement. What's going on here? Come on, cameraman, go in there, please. Is that Trav? That looks oh, that, like it could be him. Oh, that could be. That, that could be Travis. Oh, no, that We've looks like couple... it could be Travis. <laughs> that <laughs> actually could be Travis. So I think It'll that's be Travis. His I, his I feel like... Is that his brother in tow? Possibly. That looks like Travis' sport. second one. He's got the sporty attire on, so, you know. Definitely not an IT crowd, so we're de- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm feeling even more confident now that this is Travis Kelsey. Very, very exciting. His backwards cap and his sporting athleisure yeah. here, I would say we are on to the right person here. And and as um, Carl was saying this morning, it, it takes it's quite quick, isn't it, when you're on a private jet? Mm. You're just, just sort of taken away, whisked away. You don't have say to wait in any lines. It's some quite degree an easy. of knowledge. <laughs> well, not me personally. No, it's Carl. Said, this is this is not a Jetstar experience, no. with all respect to our friends at Jetstar. So only two Lovely people friends. have climbed out. It looks like it's Travis and his brother, we think. We're obviously not certain because we're looking at at this from quite a distance. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll firm up those details for you shortly. But it appears as though, yes. as Dickie said, Travis Kelsey has made yet another touchdown, touchdown. in Sydney <laughs> this morning. There's so much about that I love, by the way. I have to issue a correction. I heard a different Australian TV show talk no about kidding? Travis Kelsey. Dead serious. I saw a different 15-second clip of them also not being sure which one was Travis Kelsey, but it wasn't that one. First of all, you got a guy named Dickie, which I absolutely love. Anybody named Dickie uh, is great. Like, like Dickie said, touchdown! Travis Kelsey has hit another 
Home run! <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they got the sport right. They absolutely did. Give Dickie that yeah, credit. Absolutely, Dickie was right. Good job, um, Dickie. And Dickie nailed it. And the, the you've got the different parts of that. Is that his brother in tow? <laughs> He's got his brother. In, no, it's not his brother or a tow. Uh, neither of them. This is definitely not an IT crowd. So I think we're on the right path. Definitely not an IT crowd getting off the uh, private plane because a lot of IT people. Maybe you're heading from um, you know Silicon Valley over to uh, Australia, Sydney, down under. Um, and then the lady calling it, I think we're on the right track because he's got his sporting athleisure on. He's got his cap backwards, cap. Cap backwards and his sporting athleisure. athleisure. I want to start calling like the jumpsuits a sporting athleisure. Yeah. I think uh, it's you know, great. It's a nice day outside. And you know, and I'm not going to work today. I'm going to rock that sporting athleisure today. Sporting is a very European, yeah. in this case, Australian. Again, sporting Kansas City took a long time for us to get used to. We got to get sporting athleisure into the lexicon. This is important. Also, showing you the difficulties of uh, seeing who people are from above, yes. the first person to get off the plane they thought was then Travis Kelsey's brother. And then the second one with the backwards cap and the sporting athleisure, okay, this is Travis Kelsey. Both of them wrong. The first one was actually Travis Kelsey. Was it really? I was going to admit that watching the video, I, the first guy walked out, I was like, that could be Travis Kelsey. The first guy that walked out, I thought, eh, that's not Travis Kelsey. That guy seems a little bit too husky. And then the second one that walked in, I'm like, okay, there's Kelsey. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Cap. No, the first one was Travis. The second one was Rob Travis. Okay. His best friend. Okay. Former Kansas City Chief. No relation. No relation, because his last name is Travis and Travis's. It would be the, uh, you know, it would be Panamian, Rob Travis Kelsey. That's what it would be. Um, so they got both, and I don't blame them. I would have thought the second one was Travis Kelsey. I mean, they sort of look alike. And from Ross Travis, right? Ross Travis? Rob, yeah, 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 it's yeah. Ross. Ross. You are absolutely okay. right. It's Ross Travis. All of the Ross. I didn't Justin know. Ross, John Ross, Ross Travis, Ross Geller. I missed Ross Dellinger. a whole thing of their relationship, because I saw somebody tweet like, oh, that's Ross. And I was like, Justin? Ross? 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 Who's, Ross? Who's Ross? I remember Ross Travis. I think Justin looks different. I can't put my finger on what it is. I'll, I'll figure it out later. Amazing. I'm not sure. But he does sort of look like Travis. From from a thousand, uh, feet. A thousand feet up? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how high helicopters hover. When With the, the hat and the sporting plane. athleisure and being built like an NFL you know, tight end and having an, a beard. How high they hover on an airstrip. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm not sure. From, let's say, yeah. pretty far up. Air traffic control. You can zoom in the camera, too. So yeah. you can be pretty far up and then zoom in the camera. Uh, but I'm with them. The first one that got off, I'm like, I don't know who that is. Um, is that? It, did he bring Jason with him? Is Kylie okay with Jason just jet-setting down under for... <laughs> Uh, five or six days and leaving her and the kid. She didn't want to go to Australia for a few days. Like that would seem odd, but like looks like a brother in tow, um, which is Australian for maybe his brother's with him. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, it is not his brother. Jason Kelsey, I'm assuming, is back in Philadelphia with his family. It is uh, Ross Travis, the former tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs, and who's bounced around a number of different places, um, and one of Travis's best friends and running mate, apparently. And down there, mate is yeah, exactly right, mate. what they would call him. Uh, but yeah, but the first person that got out was Travis. I thought it was closer to being Jason than it was Travis. <laughs> and the second person gets out, looks much more fit, has the backwards cap. I'm like, ah, there's okay, that is Travis. That, I, that, that's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I saw a video that Jason Kelsey tweeted out of him running a 5K. I think it was for like, what, something about autism um, um, fundraising or whatever, which the Eagles are involved in. So I, I have to imagine it was all connected there. Uh, but it was him. Not, I would not say running as he, and he also said that running would have been a, a relatively. Uh, 
a generous way of describing what he did. For everybody, that's an NFL athlete running a 5K and being hurt by the end of it. This been it's been a real party week for uh, for both of them. It seems like I mean, Jason may be in route to retirement, but either way, uh, it's just it's all different. There's, it's I incredible. Mean, there's tons of pictures now of them at the zoo together. So good, the Sydney Zoo. Uh, not not Ross Travis and Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. He's probably Swift. there, I'd imagine. He might be there. Yeah, I, I was looking for him in the different pictures. Maybe he did. Maybe he's like, you know what? I'll let you and your girl do the uh, zoo thing today. Although, hell yeah, I want to go to the Australian yeah. Zoo. Hey, you guys can. You know what? You go to the Sydney Zoo. Yes, it's a big zoo. You guys can have your yeah. alone time. I'm gonna go try to touch a kangaroo. Also, do they rent out the whole zoo? I th- yeah, I guess you have. Because I think Taylor zoo, Swift though, and right? Travis Kelsey walking around the zoo would. Seem like that would attract a crowd, and even if you've got security, like a do you halo have low of security? Like, do you have enough security to be able to where they can just simply enjoy themselves while knowing, like, cameras and people would be taking pictures of them? Yeah. I've only seen pictures of like above. I haven't seen pictures of like people like with a selfie of like, oh look, it's Taylor and Travis. I'm assuming they rented out the entire zoo, I think you probably including animals. To. It was just empty, no animals, yeah, nothing. They just, just walked them around, you can't, jumped in cages. Imagine the animals trying to get a picture with, with I mean, Taylor right. and Travis. I mean, come on, a kangaroo running back. Taylor Swift just pet me, which is good because if she didn't, I was going to use my horrific claws and giant <laughs> kicking power. Kangaroos are crazy, guys. If that zoo was open to the public, you'd see a lot more security. In I, mean, right. I guess that's true. In it, tow. It would, it would have would, to be, it would, <laughs> yes, it right, would have to that's be right, Mike. A, a perfect, I'm saying like a Red Rover style line of security just in a circle around them, just a full yes. on halo. It's like, all right, so the Africa section of the zoo closed right now. You can go that's to right. these other ones. They move everybody out and then they allow them to come in. Clear out, bring them in, right. clear them out. I don't know. I, I imagine the Sydney Zoo is harder to, to rent out than the Kansas City Zoo would be. And the Kansas City Zoo is pretty big. Seems to be, yeah. There would be a lot more people in sporting athleisure. I would think so. Out there Lots just of randomly. sporting athleisure. I saw one picture where uh, it was from a pretty decent distance, but it was Travis and Taylor, and they were looking at uh, some sort of marsupial, I'm not sure, animal of some degree. But there was a guy that was probably 15 feet behind Taylor Swift that was holding her purse. So good, <laughs> it's man. like, she's got a guy to hold her purse. Now, Travis Kelsey was holding a water bottle, and why can't there be somebody near him to hold his water bottle for him? No offense to Taylor Swift, but Travis Kelsey's hands are more valuable than Taylor Swift's. Right. I mean, Her she- shoulder with the purse, and by the way, the purse didn't look all that big. Yeah. Like, I feel like her shoulders would be fine. She could hold a microphone and she things like that. She could wear a guitar. 100%. Yeah, maybe that's why she's like, I got guitars to wear during yeah, the, the show. So I, don't need to be, I don't need to be wearing this, uh, holding this purse on my shoulder, so I got my bag man, you know. A lot of bagmen around college football now, but now she's got a bagman. I'm just saying the only two things Travis Kelsey should be holding are a football and her. That's the list. Don't make him hold anything else. Hands. Holding her hand, not holding. Yeah. He should be holding her as he well, like Well, yeah, I'm saying her, if they like, want to, like what I like, a loving embrace or whatever. He's I mean, carry her uh, across. He could the, definitely uh, carry her throughout the Sydney Zoo if he wanted. I'm, okay. I'm sure. I don't know. I'm just saying there's two things he should be focused on right now. This relationship and carrying footballs. If he was carrying a football at the Sydney Zoo, yeah. that's even better. I thought you were going to say this relationship and kangaroos. <laughs> there <laughs> the were only some great two things tweets. he should be caring about right now. I think it was Roger Sherman that uh, that was tweeting that, uh, that explaining marsupial facts to Travis Kelsey has to be one of the greatest joys of all time. <laughs> like imagine imagine being the person to break the news to Travis Kelsey that, that, that the Tasmanian devil is a real animal. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be an incredible, like, no, an that's incredible a, moment. Hold on, Tom and Jerry are real. <laughs> I mean, we got a play named after Tom and Jerry. Hey, you tell me, Tasmanian Devil's real. 
Yosemite Sam? The voices again on this show today have been, we've done some weird impressions. Hold on. You're telling me? You're on, hold on. Hey, I'm Travis Kelsey. You're telling me Tom and Jerry real? Tom and Jerry's real. Tom this whole Jerry time. Real? Tasmanian mm. Devil's real. Where's, okay, then where's Tasmanian? Huh? Mm. And are there devils? You're telling me there's a, so if there's a devil, what, is what there about, a god? What about Garfield? <laughs> what about Webster? Uh, Travis, that's a real person. I'm just saying. Mm, just a lot of CGI these days. A lot of C- I do enjoy going to the zoo and reading facts about animals that ten minutes later I've totally forgotten. But at the yeah, time, right. but at the time I'm yeah. like, oh, that's really interesting. I'm going to remember that. You get to learn it again like two yeah. months later, and it's like, wow, that's fascinating. I know that all the time. And then ten minutes later, I'm like, oh, I forgot that. Oh, that's awesome, man. I should probably say that on the air one time. I've already forgotten what it was. Yeah, it I don't remember it's... what it was about. Um, was it a muskrat? We got to move mentally pretty quickly from one thing to the other. I think that's hurt our retention abilities. I'm trying to keep my son from climbing into the gorilla cage. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of stuff going on. My daughter's working on her arm throwing rocks at the rhinos. Oh, wow. That's You know, exciting. just trying to keep my son from jumping into the hippo's mouth. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you're worried about while you're learning about, oh, my God, this hippo's mouth. It crushed a car. They just did that. It was a display they put over there. What? No, they didn't do that. Okay, that sounded but very. That sounded amazing. I was hoping I could at least get some footage of that. It could crush a car, right? I the hippo's mouth. Think. I mean, it would it crush not a long bones. ways, I guess, but like in the middle, mm-hmm. it could crush like a Fiat, a smaller like a like a car that Jalen Brown would be able to jump over. Yeah, exactly. Like Aaron Gordon jumped over the Kia. It'd be a car Jalen Brown would jump over for an NBA dunk competition. You want to fix the dunk contest? Jump over a hippo. Nine one three nine one two four eight ten. There's video out there of um, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, and uh, Deion Sanders joking around, sort of uh, in their athleisure, <laughs> um, lining up like they're getting ready to go against each other. And I think this is when uh, Deion was back at um, at uh, Jackson State, not with uh, Colorado. But I also think that in the the head the the the, the um, Whatever you call it, um, description is like uh, 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 who gets the W if Deion Sanders and Chad Johnson faced off in their primes, right? Um, I don't know who would get the, the 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 W if they faced off in their primes, but I'm watching this, and this wouldn't be a fair matchup because didn't Deion almost lose a leg, right? And he's losing yeah. like toes, right? Yeah, so that wouldn't be like until Chad Johnson Ocho Cinco like has to lose a toe or two. Mm-hmm. Dion's not the same athlete that he was. Like, if you want to go through their primes, I'm going to go ahead and take Dion Sanders. Okay. Well, that's, I, mean, I that's was just trying to remember. One. I was trying to remember Chad Ochocinco's Hall of Fame speech, <laughs> and it didn't ring a bell. Um, I was trying to think Chad Ochocinco uh, beating one of the best shutdown corners that's ever lived. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got who I think is going to win in their prime. But if they were to go at it right now, I'm going to go ahead and take Chad Johnson. He's also ten years younger. Yeah. And and I'm trying to play soccer. Right, and that, basketball. Every and time stuff, I have know. seen Chad Johnson and like just scroll by in my timeline at some point over the last like five years, it's been him doing some feat of athleticism, or I believe just generally having his shirt off and on a, on camera. Yeah, right. Which, so I I feel like he's in a pretty good spot. Yeah, Dion had had something going on there, like you were just alluding to. And again, he's he's fifty six. Yeah. To uh, Chad Johnson's forty six. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to play some sports leisure at one o'clock. Have you heard the clip of Ichiro Suzuki talking about? You've never saw, heard it. Okay. I saw this. Oh no, I, I think I have. I've heard it, boy, but not. This is in that in that range. If I learned this, then I can't remember what it is. 
So um, is this has been a widely known, um, at least by a lot of people, of uh, Ichiro Suzuki and his favorite American saying. But this popped across my uh, timeline yesterday, last night. Okay. And I thought, you know what? I've never actually heard him say it. Okay. I've just heard people say what he said. Fabulous. But I've never actually heard him say it. Um, so I'm like, you know what? Before we play some sports or leisure, as uh, we close out this hour, I uh, wanted to uh, hear uh, Ichiro Suzuki being interviewed by Bob Costas. And this is where the saying that Ichiro had about Kansas City, this is where it came from. Uh, this is, uh, this, uh, listen to this uh, conversation, Bob Costas and uh, Ichiro What is your Suzuki. favorite American expression? <laughs> August in Kansas City. It, it's it's harder than two rats in a fucking old sock. <laughs> That's my favorite. I have a bad teammate. <laughs> I want to know who the teammate is, uh, by the way. But um, August in Kansas City is hotter than two rats in a bleeping old sock. Now, I've heard it. Uh, the saying as August in Kansas City is hotter than two rats bleeping in an old sock. That makes sense. And maybe that's what he was going for. But I'd never heard Ichiro actually say it. This is a real uh, killing blow and mixed argument about whether have it be too hot or too cold. Because no one's ever said it's so cold in January in Kansas City, it's like two <laughs> cold animals porking. <laughs> that would warm it up, though. I guess that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have, I don't, I, there's not... A comparable inverse to that. Also, is the old sock, is it used? Is it musty? You know what I mean? Like I the old sweaty yeah. sock? Baseball right? sock, probably. Think oh, about how insulated those are. An <laughs> old baseball sock in August. And two rats. I'm glad it's not August. I'm glad I'm not in an old sock. <laughs> a couple rats. I thought that we were not saying. Just in the studio with a couple of rats. Hey. Sports Leisure next.